When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's the thing, my friends. They've run out of places to hide. We've all run out of places to hide from what's pretty obviously the truth. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning from Philadelphia. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. Eagles... 35, Steelers 13, and it it wasn't really that interesting. I I guess if you make the argument that A.J. Brown's touchdowns were a little bit too easy and the rest of the game felt a little bit more even than that, you still don't have much of an argument because A.J. Brown's touchdowns were only the single biggest component of the afternoon. All three of them burning each individual member of the Pittsburgh secondary one at a time as if he was showing off on a playground. Terrell Edmonds himself among the victims had this to say. Try to figure out what we need to do to make ourselves better rather than focus on the next game. Since we have this week, we can just really focus in and lock in on what we can do to be better as a team and what we need to focus on because, again, it's those small things, either your eyes or your keys or anything just to figure out limit penalties. Uh, we just need to do all of those things to just become a better team because right now we're just not a good football team. Not a good football team. That's it. That's it. That's arguably the headline. From this one, it felt like through other games along the way, you could point to this side or that side or this player or this coach or that coordinator and say, well, things would be at least somewhat better if this thing gets straightened out or maybe somebody figures out a way around that problem. But what happens when all of it's going wrong? What happens when it's Minka Fitzpatrick? who was the first guy getting beaten on those Brown touchdowns. Minka was right there, too. Minka, I thought, the play happened right in front of the part of the press box that I'm sitting in. I thought Minka had a better beat on that ball and a better chance at catching it than Brown did. Wrong! Because everything's going wrong because it's not a good football team. It's a bad football team. This is what happens to bad football teams. One thing happens that's a glaring weakness. It impacts the other, and then it goes back the other way. It becomes something of a pendulum, and then everyone gets involved, and then you have your punter shanking 23 yarders to the sideline. It hits everyone. It's not a slump. It's not a rut. It's just a bad football team. There isn't another way around this. There's nowhere, nowhere 
nowhere to find a big enough mask to cover it all. So who's responsible? We know that answer. What can be done about it? What will be done about it? Extremely different questions. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. I asked Mike Tomlin after the game, even though I know he hates and generally will find any conceivable way to avoid answering trend-type questions, whether or not he'll attempt to infuse a different approach with the Steelers now in uncharted territory at 2-6. and six. And this was the response. No, we're going to build plans to win games on the weekends that we play, I promise you. Well, there you go. He's the guy to lead your rebuild, huh? He's the guy that's going to make sure he prioritizes the younger guys and getting them the proper development and everything else to make sure that they're as ready as possible for 2023 and that the organization is as armed as possible to make the smartest decisions that they can in the offseason. You know, because they'll have played the guys they need to play to find out whether or not they're any good. This is the stuff that you do when you're rebuilding. It happens a lot faster in the NFL than it does in other leagues for a whole bunch of reasons, chiefly free agency. But now is the time to find those things out. It's not the time to pretend you're still in it. But again, you heard the answer. So what do they do? What do they do right now? I'm not sure I have an answer. I'm not sure I could stand at that podium and answer my own question. I have no idea. I have no idea. I see the current situation, meaning 2022, as beyond hopeless. Okay, that whole thing, you know, that I was talking about three weeks ago, hey, if they do this and they do this and look at the rest of the division and they're one game back, hey, sorry, half a month is an eternity in the NFL. And that ship has not only sailed, it's already on the opposite end of the globe. This team has to really rethink what it's doing with this season before it even comes to grips with how to address any of these other smaller issues, uh, uh, you know, how to cut down on the penalties for the offensive line and to help out the secondary. And, you know, it'll be great having TJ Watt back and, and all that other stuff. But if you're focused on individual games, if you're thinking to yourself, and you heard it right from the head coach, in answering my question, that's what he's going to do, that all that matters is winning that Sunday's game, this isn't going anywhere. This isn't going to progress. Certainly not in this season, and maybe not at all under this head coach. Look, if you have listened to or read my work for any period of time, you'll know a couple things. One, I've covered Tomlin's entire career, covered every game that he's coached. I've asked him a zillion questions. I've gotten a zillion answers. I've gotten a zillion non-answers. But I genuinely feel like in all that time that I've treated him and handled him fairly 
and honestly and professionally. I've never been one of these people to jump on the, ah, get rid of that guy as soon as something goes wrong. And that's been more often than not pretty unpopular on my part. But I'm going to use the same term with you that I used with him, and that's uncharted water. The first time I brought up uncharted water, by the way, in this press conference, he came back with a technicality that this isn't new for him. And again, you know, if you're going to get picky about it, he was two and six in the 2013 season. But he knows, just as I know, because I was also there and in London when they went 0-4, that the team he had that year never should have been anywhere near 0-4. You're talking about a, a team that had Ben Roethlisberger, Troy Polamalu, James Harrison, Heath Miller, I, and I'm not even scratching the surface of who all was on that team. So it's no surprise that they bounced back and almost, that's almost, made the playoffs, finishing 8-8. Eight and eight. This isn't that. He knows that. He could have answered the question straight up. He was trying to avoid it. That's why I came back later with the follow-up. But overall, again, I'd like to think that it's been, it's been done right, meaning my coverage of his tenure. He's gotten the credit when he's deserved it. I've bit back when people have said stuff like, here's one with cars, players, and all that other nonsense. He has been an outstanding regular season coach. He's had his share of victories in the playoffs, although not for a long time now. I just don't see, I don't see a precedent here. This is a different situation. Whether he wants to acknowledge it or not, it is. It's an extremely young offense. It's a youngish overall team. And the way he's done things all these years might not apply anymore. When we come back, J1Q. time for just one question and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of luxembourg garbage kelly and george lgkg they represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need assistance with workers comp and medical malpractice claims the attorneys at lgkg have been designated super lawyers capital s capital l for the past 15 years and yes that is a real thing the super lawyer designation is reserved for the top five percent of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. And today's J1Q comes from Devin Angle, who asks, DK, I feel like this is an important J1Q. Almost every week, a starter on offense has stated the Steelers need to make changes on offense. Najee, Deontay, Chase, Pickens, and now Kenny. Is it crazy to say that Mike Tomlin is beginning to slowly lose the locker room every week that no changes are made? You know what, Devin? I'm 
tempted to say that even after this, no, no, because this head coach for the shortcomings that he does have has a really, really, really firm grip on his players. He always has, and he still does. And yes, yes, it's uncharted territory. But the way he handles these guys, he goes straight to them. It's something that I talked about on last week's show, and it's not something that I'm going to change after one, let's be real here, predictable loss here in Philadelphia. The offense has its own issues that have nothing to do with Matt Canada. Now, sometimes when I say that, it sounds like, oh, he's defending Matt Canada. I'm the last person on the planet who would defend Matt Canada. However, I'm also there and watching Najee taking that little screen pass and not doing anything with it. He waited. You know which play I'm talking about. You can picture it in your head as I'm saying it. He stood there. He stood there in the flat waiting, waiting to be tackled. It's it's one of those where you could almost feel the Philadelphia fans wondering, what the heck is this? But that's become part of his thing. All you need to do if you're Najee is just look at Jalen Warren. Be a running back. You know, you don't have to fuss over it. Just run sometimes. It's not all worthy of in-depth analysis. But that's, but that's part of this. And to have these guys, the offensive guys, talk about and hint at you know, issues related to the coordinator and whatever, again, I get it. No one's been tougher on this coordinator than I have. But you also got to look in the mirror because it's not just Najee. It's Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool not coming up with any big plays at all. It's, you know, George Pickens. I have a hard time with saying anything negative about him because he was targeted three times. The refs hosed him twice. You know, that has less to do with George than anything else. Offensive line, again, was brutal. Uh, They've taken so many steps backwards since it looked like they might be getting things figured out. Uh, especially the left side, Kevin Dotson and Dan Moore. Just So to have them be the ones saying stuff, it just rings hollow, you know? I, I'm tired of hearing leadership and accountability and stuff from Najee Harris. You know, you know what leadership and accountability are if you're a running back? <laughs> yeah, it's a hundred-yard game. The next one of those that he has this year will be the first. That's leadership. You do it on the field. That's accountability. Having been a first-round draft pick isn't it. You know, having the coach be your biggest fan isn't it. You need to be a better football player. They all can be that. So, is the coach losing them? that's an uncomfortable conversation uh, for me to engage with because I don't think they're that bleeping important to worry about it. I think they need to prove something first and then we can, we're home. I mean, like we, you know, when Tomlin had these players that I was referencing earlier from that 2013 team and, and other years, most of his other years in Pittsburgh, 
it'd be a real concern. You know, it'd be something that would be a really big, big issue. But this, no, I'm sorry, no. There aren't that many really, really, really good football players, certainly not in the established context, to be thinking about something like that. I appreciate the question, Devin. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. I'm sorry. I I know this has not been the most uh, enlightening episode. I'm not going to lie to you. This was... This was a downer, you know. This was a, this was one of those where you look at the team. I think with a different eye after this, because it's not just about you know how are they going to do after the bye week or how are they going to do the rest of this season. You start looking at some of these younger players and you start wondering if they're any good, and if they aren't, then all of a sudden these holes that you're talking about. You know, the handful of holes that they would need to fill through free agency suddenly gets to being whatever into double digits. And that's that's a very, very different vibe. Uh, we will do this again tomorrow. And, and maybe, you know, another 24 hours or so will help to clarify some of the stuff that's swirling in my head right now. 